0: So uh, what's the deal with your hair?
1: I have it up so many days of the week, like it's just comfortable to let it just...
0: I mean, it's looking awful. It's so bad. Awful, uh, I don't know what's the word I want to use.
2: (laughs) He brought the Marv back. (laughs) Uh, I think you mean awful Hebrew? I think that's what I was looking for. Awful Hebrew. All right, you primitive screwheads,
0: listen up. I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. I'll explain, and I'll use small words that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. Go ahead. Make my day. i make this look good. You are now listening to the Nothing But Real Reviews and More podcast. Now here's something
3: we hope you'll really like.
1: Thank you for listening, everybody. This is another edition of Nothing But Real Reviews and More. And I am your host, Mike Lucas. I'm already getting smiles at me because I'm bound to say something stupid. I'm waiting. Yep, it's coming. It's m- coming. Matter of seconds, I'm sure. Joining me, as always, is my group. However, we have cut down because we are doing two shows. So, a little bit smaller of a group this week. We got Steve Rushlaw with us. Say hi. How you doing? Matt McNeil. Hello. Aaron Kronikin. Hello. And Mike Lucas. <laughs> hi. That was me. Uh, Dumb joke number one. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Ding. Uh, in the room, as well, we have Brent Frugier, uh, Schley McNeil. And uh, not in the room is Johnny, but in the vicinity. In the vicinity, somewhere he just like left. He disappeared. Yeah, we don't know where he went. He, he just he's did a, a phantom. Yeah, vanishing act. A phantom From, menace, you might say. I was you beat me to it because I was going there. I was going there.
3: McNeil, dumb joke number yeah. one. That's the Star Wars reference for the day. Oh yeah,
1: we had to get one in. Uh, but no, we have a we have a great show for you guys. Um, we're doing one show on Mondays now, and as well as another show on Thursdays. So be listening later in the week because you won't want to miss it. Uh, we got a great show for you guys today, though. Uh, We're going to get into DVDs coming out this week as well as movies into theaters, followed by our Gem of the Week, and then a review of the movie No Country for Old Men. So to start things off, Steve, you want to hit us with movies coming out to theaters, correct? Yes, I can do that. Okay. Coming soon to theaters.
0: All right, so this week in theaters, we got a bunch of movies coming out. Um, there's a movie called A Perfect Day, which has Benicio Del Toro and Tim Robbins in it. Another one called 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers. Another movie called 400 Days, which looks like it got a 4.6 on IMDb, so uh, it's not looking too good for it off it's the start. It's not A Perfect Day. Um, At all. Ding. Uh, Ride Along 2, which has Ice Cube and Kevin Hart, which I would... Probably be assumed is the big movie for this week. Yeah, um, um,
1: I heard the first one was pretty funny. I Haven't seen it though.
0: I've seen trailers for the second one, and it doesn't look very good. No, it just looks like a lot of reused jokes.
1: Yeah, it looks kind of like uh, when they redid like well a lot of sequels in general, but like Anchorman, where it's just not good. Fell flat. Had so much <laughs> fell flat, like my jokes, but they had so much advertising for oh, it. Oh yeah, you know.
3: But
0: it's going. Um, movie called The Lady in the Van. Uh, Actually, it's a guy in the van. That's what...
3: <laughs> no, it's the guy who took the lady, and now she's in the van.
0: Oh, right. A movie called The Benefactor, and the kids' movie for this week is called Norm of the North. What? It is about a polar bear that is voiced by Rob Schneider.
1: Ah, that, that. Um... He
0: can do it.
1: Oh God, no. This is uh this is not looking like a good week for movies.
0: No, it doesn't at all.
1: That's that's bad. Hopefully, I think
0: the th- the two big ones this week that have been advertised that I've seen are Thirteen Hours, The Secret Soldiers, and Ride Along Two, which I am not very excited for either one of those. No.
1: no. So hopefully, coming out are to not coming out to DVDs. Don't hold <laughs> your breath. <laughs> yeah. well, are better this week. But uh, Matt, would you want to hit us with DVDs this week. Got it. Coming soon to
3: own on video and DVD. Okay. It's a pretty short week. uh, And it's not a very good one. We've got Hotel Transylvania 2. Wait. The week is shorter? Well, for, for movies. It's a... There's not a whole lot coming out. No, we just
1: don't have a Saturday this week. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Go home. No Saturday this week.
3: (laughs) No, it's a short week for for movies coming out on DVD because there aren't very many. Um, But there's Hotel Transylvania 2 with Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg. And it's terrible. I haven't seen it. No. It's Adam Sandler. uh, Another money grabber. Well, another sad... Adam Sandler film in the long list of sad Adam Sandler films.
1: Have you seen the new one, The Ridiculous Sex? That no. mo- that movie is terrible.
0: <laughs> but it's so good. Ever since no. he went it' It's so good. It's so dumb. Adam Taylor Sandler's Wagner. original movies that he came out with, like uh, The Waterboy, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, those were all good. His then, career died after
3: he left SNL.
0: And then his kids, when once his kids were born, he decided that he wanted to do more kids comedy- and lighten it up, and it just hasn't been the same since.
1: Dude, but The Ridiculous Six, I think it's kind of a return to it. No, could, I, its
0: yes. it was
3: terrible. It wasn't even close to Taylor it. Taylor Lautner
1: is so funny in that movie.
3: Moving on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've got Irrational Man, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Emma Stone. I know nothing about it. Um, the Martian, which is the only big movie uh, coming out this week, starring Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Um, it's a good movie, though. Saw it in theaters. Paranormal Activity, the whichever one it is. Excellent who cares? series.
1: I mean, how could you go wrong with a terrible Never horror s- movie? Never seen any of them. Saw the first one. Not terrible, not great. Haven't seen any of the rest.
3: Hate found footage movies. Uh, then there's Sinister 2, which is, I'm assuming, another horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the Stanford Prison Experiment. And lastly, Mr. Robot, the complete first season.
1: Nope. Nothing. Don't know about that at all. Like that... that Season nope. or series, right? Never heard
3: of the show. Yeah, no. Nope.
1: All right, so moving on, I guess. Let's get into the gem of the week. Matt, you have one. I do. All I right. do. Uh, what is it?
3: Uh, well, we're keeping the trend going with documentaries. Wow, that's a, a documentary. Guys, uh, I
1: I like a good documentary. Don't get me wrong, but we don't have to pick documentaries for every single one of the gems.
3: I understand that, and I was I was torn between a few gems. Okay. I, and this is one of the few document documentaries that I actually like, and I know as soon as I say it, I'm going to get groans from everybody, but it's that's Star okay. Star Wars. Star Wars. It's, it's Star Wars. Well, it's not Star Wars. It's the People versus George Lucas is the name of the documentary, and it, it's it doesn't focus as much on Star Wars as it does George Lucas and his, I guess, rise and fall as a director. It's really interesting. I like it.
1: Okay, well, so when did this movie come out?
3: Do you know? Uh, and where did you view it? Is it on Netflix? It was on Netflix when I watched it. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, because um, that was about a year ago. Okay. Uh, but the the documentary came out mid, mid-2000s, mid I think. It was shortly after they, uh, the Star Wars prequels happened. So
1: 2010 is what it says. Oh,
3: okay. Later than I thought. I know it was after all three Star Wars prequels, so it would have been at least 2005. But, yeah, I guess uh, 2010. Okay. But, uh, no, it's I. It's one of the few documentaries that I actually enjoyed watching. Um, it doesn't look like it's on Netflix anymore. Oh, that's sad.
1: Bummer. No. Uh, George Lucas is obviously wide known, not with just his work with Star Wars, but he's yeah, kind it, of a, a legend in the industry. It, really. it kind
3: of starts with his, his uh, rise to popularity starting with American Graffiti and then how he, like, fought against the industry about, like, changing movies and stuff and then how he – basically became the biggest hypocrite in filmmaking by changing all of his movies it's it's pretty interesting it's a good good documentary yeah sounds like it'd be worth the watch I mean like I said I'm not the biggest documentary
1: fan but uh, you get some good content like this because like he's he's revolutionized the industry I mean I, I think that's fair to say uh, and fun fact my dad's favorite movie is American Graffiti so just
3: share that tidbit with you guys
0: I have never seen American <laughs> gra- Graffiti. It's
3: just that fell to silence. Everybody just looked at me like I was an idiot. It's not, it's not a bad movie. It's kind of what launched Harrison Ford as an actor. Really, I did not know that.
1: Yeah. I'll be honest. All right. So, anything else you guys want to add about the gem? You're being suspiciously quiet.
0: Uh, like, I just wanted to ask if anybody watched my gem of last week, which was Snowpiercer. If anybody I had a chance not, to catch it,
3: I had not. Have not gotten around to it, but I plan on it. All right. Yeah. We'll we'll. Well, I've seen back, it,
2: I didn't watch it after the show, but I have seen it and I think it is one I'd watch that rather
3: than the people versus George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I mean, like, it's just because Aaron is unfairly biased against Star Wars. Not unfairly, just logically. I don't want
2: to watch a bunch of sweaty, fat Star Wars nerds be angry about the changes made to their fanboy movies.
3: Okay, first of all, you're Uh, making assumptions about a documentary that you haven't even seen. True.
1: Uh, Also, I did go back and rewatch the original Star Wars, and he did add things to the ones I watched. Awful. It was cheesy, and he should have left them alone. He made them worse. Believe it or not, I side with McNeil on this fact. It was, like, they were just, I don't know what the big animals were called, but they were just,
2: like, okay. added in, like, the rhino-looking I'm, things. All I'm saying is I'd rather watch a good movie in Snowpiercer than 93 right. minutes of a Star Wars documentary.
3: <laughs> Whatever. All right, It's not a Star Wars documentary. It's, it's about George Lucas. It's not about Star on. Wars. Moving on. We digress.
0: Uh, yeah, we digress.
1: Moving on. So, the movie this week, No Country for Old Men. And I actually picked this movie. Um, it was a movie I had never seen before, but I heard it was pretty good. And, you know, I just figured it was, would have been worth the watch. Uh, it got an 8.1 on IMDb. Um, and I'll read you the synopsis really quick. Violence and mayhem ensue after a hunter stumbles upon a drug deal gone wrong and more than $2 million in cash near the Rio Grande. Uh, it's directed by Ethan or the Cohen brothers, essentially. Uh, also written by them. As well as it stars Tommy Lee Jones, Javier Bardem, and Josh Brolin, and Woody Harrelson makes an appearance.
2: Uh, very quickly, it, it does. It gives the Coen brothers the credits for writing the screenplay, but it is
0: based off almost
2: book. word for word. Really? The, they do cut a lot of the dialogue out of the movie, obviously. Because it's based on a book? Because it's based on a book, okay. and they do cut a few of the subplots and a few more detailed stuff, but... They, they should have cut more. It's something they didn't do much to.
1: They should have cut more.
2: <laughs> cut more dialogue?
1: Cut more dialogue, cut more side cut plots. Cut more
3: dialogue? There wasn't ma- very there much was dialogue. There was so much dialogue. If you cut more dialogue, you end up with Drive. But, okay,
2: <laughs> right, but the books, you have to understand, yeah, Cormac are... McCarthy is a, an author that uses dialogue to tell a story. There, There's no real filler content other than the dialogue between characters. Yeah. Um, so
1: the synopsis that I read in my opinion makes it sound a lot more entertaining than it actually was i agree okay thank you because it it it, it starts off really good uh Josh brolin uh basically the, the main character that follows him the entire time uh he stumbles upon this, basically two million dollars in a, a suitcase or whatever you want to call it uh, like a little accordion style suitcase like you know what I'm talking about, Pretty like the file, whatever. <laughs> anyway,
0: just just call it a money case,
1: money, Mr. Moneybags. Uh, so he stumbles upon it, and uh, it's just doesn't go anywhere from there. Cause I don't understand. Maybe it's a metaphor for something, and I it's lost on me. But I couldn't understand a lot of things in the movie,
2: like what were you just? I'm just curious. You said you the synopsis didn't. Portrayed accurately, what were you expecting going into it? Were you expecting an action movie based on,
1: yeah? I mean, it sounds like it'd be a little more of an action movie. And there were,
2: have you ever seen a Coen Brothers movie? (laughs) I didn't. Coen Brothers are very okay, but drama filled movies. This is this is uh, very formulaic for the Coen Brothers. This is what they do,
1: so it's formulaic,
2: yeah? Yeah, they they follow the same formula they do, Mm -hmm. they have a very Specific way of making a film, and this was no different than the rest of them. But I'll just, I think maybe you went into it expecting something different.
1: I don't know. I just expected it to be better.
2: I mean, the, they
0: know what they know what they want. Okay, well, that's, that's fair. I,
2: that is fair, and hopefully you have examples to back it oh, up. Oh, I, okay. I, I have. Plenty. Well, let's get into that yeah. stuff. This specifics rather than just saying. Well, I just
1: want to open up the floor, see what everybody else has to say about it, real quick, before we get into specifics.
0: Going into his uh, formulaic. Th- the Cohen Brothers, they've been doing this a while, so they kind of know what they're doing. And one of the trivias I found interesting um, from IMDb is that they only shot 2,500,000 feet of film, where in most productions they shoot between anywhere between uh, 700,000 and a million feet of uh, film. So... Just so they that, were efficient. Essentially? Yeah, they're efficient. They know what they want. They know what they're
2: gonna do. So
1: maybe they should have done it more times. Well, to and get by formulaic, and what scenes.
2: I what I meant more so than the way they filmed it is the this their stories that they choose to put on film are more of the same thing. Like small town nobodies that get into these <laughs> situations that are just completely out of their control and they're weighing over their head. And it's just yeah. how these people handle that. Okay, so I mean, you've seen Fargo, right? Which is essentially—I
1: don't know if I have seen Fargo. Okay, I have not actually. I know I have not because I have you seen? Didn't
2: you borrow Blood Simple from me? Yes, I have seen Blood Simple, um, and that's essentially like the same thing, where you've got these small-town nobodies in this situation against forces far (laughs) superior than their own.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I
2: and I get that, but I don't. Josh Brolin's character is
1: a Vietnam veteran. And I, I feel like they can he can handle a lot he's he's handling it a lot better than a normal person would have because he knows people are out to kill him and he knows how to protect himself and so it's it's it has basically all the makings of an action movie and then they made it a drama if you ask me and the one thing i uh, thought was good about this movie is the way it shot it was beautiful cine- cinematography they they laid out the landscape very well they used long shots and they do that in every single Coen Brothers movie
2: yeah well and they use the same cinematographer for every single one of their movies do they so you you get the signature the wide shots like you are mm-hmm. saying where you see the entire landscape and it just frames these characters in the setting he uses the light a lot oh, I was gonna more say more than uh, in these movies in Roger Deakins is a cinematographer yeah He'll use, whether it's more
3: or less light, shadows, different color. He uses the light to really... Light was excellent in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And sadly, outside of the cinematography, there's not much else in this movie that's really yes, good.
1: Yes, exactly. Like, and see, this is why I thought... like It got an 8, 8.1 on IMDb, and I haven't checked what the score on Rotten Tomatoes is. Does anybody know? Um, it says
0: 93 for critics and 86 for audience.
1: See, and I am way lower than that. And I'm just wondering if, if I wasn't paying attention enough to the dialogue because it's a very dialogue-driven movie, which
2: I love. By and the way. don't get me wrong, I, <laughs> I
1: enjoy some dialogue-driven movies too. But it was just too slow. It was way too slow for me. And some of the metaphors, like when um, Javier Bardem is at the gas station towards the beginning of the movie and he gives the guy the quarter, and he tells him to flip it. Basically, he's a ripoff of Two-Face, and I think he's going to kill him, I think, if he guesses the coin wrong. Yeah. Right? He says to him, uh, don't put it in your pocket, because that quarter just becomes a coin. And then he walks out, like, is that... Am I supposed to understand something from that, or is he just crazy? Yeah. Do, do you know? Because I don't know. And it was like that throughout the movie.
3: I... <clears throat> excuse me. I'm lo- losing my voice a little bit. No, I completely agree with that. that. Like, people say things... Just to, I guess, fill in the empty space because there's no music in this movie at all. There is. I didn't notice that. Like, there's not. A, there's not huh. a single, single piece of music in this film, and it stood out to me because I was watching this. I was like, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure this is the only movie that I've ever seen that didn't have any music in it. So you have to have people just talking constantly, otherwise it would just be dead air and people doing nothing. Yeah. Have you? I mean, is the metaphor is that a metaphor? Is it just him saying something? Well, it's not really.
2: A, it's just him stating the obvious. Obviously, the quarter saved just his a, life.
1: It's a coin. Well,
2: the quarter is. Uh, this I mean, basically, like, hey, it's he, his fate. His fate is in the hands of heads or tails. It's not just a and coin. So he's, he's,
1: so he's saying basically, this is your
2: life. Did you so not a, think that this was one of the better film villains in the past ten years? No, no. And I thought the thought the film was great, but like.
1: He, I mean he acted extremely well I thought it was done very well How maniacal and methodical he was But some of the things he said I just didn't
2: get
0: Like
1: um, the Obviously the gas station scene
2: The but- gas
0: station scene was actually Probably one of my favorite scenes Mostly because he's He's talking to this guy And he's telling him uh, Heads or tails And he's just like uh, What are we flipping for? I have to have something to flip for He's like Heads or tails There's always something to flip for You have everything to gain yeah, and, and then then, at the like, end well, he just he doesn't just say if... it's uh he also says don't put it in your pocket cuz then it just becomes another coin and then he also says which it is.
1: Yeah,
2: but if you have you have to think what these characters are thinking. you have to fill in and I watch movies differently than you guys where I will fill in That's the backstories by myself. Fill in the information this guy is somebody that seems to me like somebody that would want to be in control and really relishes that role, not only is that quarter deciding his fate, this by a single coin flip, he is deciding whether or not to kill this man and he's toying with him that entire well, scene.
1: So, so it's just an intimidation thing, like yes, okay. That is, you should also there are later, different ways to do that. So,
3: Aaron, you're telling me that you like to watch a movie that, that requires you to fill in and infer a lot of stuff, and yet you mm. were complaining about Star Wars last week because it made you do exactly that. He, that, that's oh, a no, good No it point. didn't It
2: showed a cry uh, We're not getting into it It showed a crybaby bad guy Slashing things
3: Also that, Bo Dameron That was not, is you know, a great that was not an
2: inference <laughs> I mean
0: you also see it Later on in the movie With uh, Carla Jean He's f- sitting there Flipping the coin He's like heads or tails And she's like I'm not gonna At the very end you mean Yeah at the very end He's doing the same thing with her So he's just, That coin is deciding the fate Yeah Whereas I mean, he I think it's more of a he, it's not him choosing to kill that person. It's the coin. It's the coin that is flipping oh. it, so it's kind of his psychiatric... So he's a knockoff Two-Face. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and, but no,
1: I
2: like the villain, though. Like, I just think... He's, he's not Two-Face. There's no good in him. <laughs> he is not. He is a evil person. Just Also,
1: I was confused where he came from. Was he a cartel? That,
2: that was left out he is working for it and you don't specifically find out who but he in the book he actually retrieves the money and takes it to the man that he is working for we don't specifically know so he is being told what to do and when to do it so he's okay. he's just basically a pawn okay, is what he is
1: well i thought he was like working with the cartel and then you meet woody harrelson's character in like the business district of some Nearby town, probably Dallas or something. I don't know, know exactly where. And then, like, you have a feeling that he knows that guy and works for him. And I was like, what in the heck is going on? So, it it just – it wasn't – I don't think his character was – I don't think this plane was thought out very well. It's I don't think this Robinson movie was boat.
3: thought out very well. And the reason I say that is because stuff – you all right there, Mike? So good. <laughs> uh, Stuff just kind of happens in this movie. Yeah. yeah. For no reason. Like, it just happens. Like, this guy – Kills twenty two people, and you the count police. It? Or? Yeah, it's on your That's sheet. The, oh, look at that trivia. body count: twenty two. He oh. kills twenty two people, and the police don't do anything. Like they don't even try to stop him. And well, the, they you've got they, they try to stop him the whole time. No, they don't. They, 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 they
0: I, he, he gets caught in the first, and the guy he gets out of the handcuffs and chokes the guy to death. The police are constantly looking for yeah, him. The
1: DEA agent's tracking him, but
0: <laughs> Woody Harrelson, who is the DEA agent, is looking for him not, it's it's not really a license on a DEA agent he's, he? he's some type of law enforcement look, agent this really, guy's yeah.
3: clearly a dangerous serial killer but they don't bring like the yeah, entire there would, SWAT team there down would on be him. A man like but and and you've got your your main character who is a war veteran and when he gets in a shootout with uh Javier Bardem's character yeah uh, he should be dead like that guy should have been dead because he's a trained soldier he knows how to kill like when they get in a shootout and the guy just kind of walks away like that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen at all. Uh, yeah. Then the main character dies and you have a half hour. Well, I, you have like we have like a half assuming... hour of no movie with you. Like the movie doesn't have a main character.
2: Why are we assuming a, a, a Vietnam vet is a trained killer? They took 18-year-old kids, put guns in their hands, and sent them to the front line. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's not that They're not dumb. training you still go through. You still go through boot camp. You
0: and know then, how to kill oh somebody. Also, also that scene, you see uh, Llewellyn Moss, which is uh, Josh Brolin's character, shoots the tires, shoots like four or five shots into the car. So in that time that he is making his way over around the car... He could have time to walk away and get away from Josh Brolin's character.
1: And Josh, Josh Brolin's character, he's he's a hunter. That's his occupation. He knows how to fire a gun, and it was a, a shotgun from 20 feet away? I don't... I, dude's dead to rights. Both of them are. Because as uh, he, uh, Josh Brolin got into the car, or the truck, and they were driving away, apparently the dude just had... I don't know what type of gun, but he was just firing bullet after bullet within an inch of each other yep. into the cab yep. of the car, but as he drove past him, he didn't shoot at the door once. Yeah, no, this guy's a master killer
3: except when it's inconvenient for the movie. Well, that's like every movie, I'll be honest. Well, that's true. That's like- but <laughs> still, going going back to what I was saying before, you got your, your main character who dies like an hour into the movie, and then you have a half hour where... We don't have a main character, and it's just this guy killing with impunity. And then Tommy Lee Jones, who's hardly even in the movie, uh, decides See, that he's going to retire out of nowhere.
1: Well, no, I think that was who he was retiring all along. And I liked, I mean, yeah. I just, I think that it works together because, like, they're looking I for think this he's, guy.
0: I think he says something when he's talking to Carla Jean or one of the, the officers that he is, or, yeah, Wendell, that he's going to retire in a little bit. So when they're sitting in the cafe, he actually states that he's gonna retire.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think you like knowing that he, they're not hunting this guy is because he's literally doesn't give two bleeps.
0: You know, you know what I mean.
1: Like, well, you
3: also
0: see throughout. The, he's also saying that um, the FBI or whatever wants to go down there and look at this crime scene. He's like, oh, they're there. I don't. They don't need me down
3: there. Yeah, and. I don't know. Yeah, and that's what I've been saying. Like, nobody really cares about stopping this guy. Like, well, we th- don't. Because I
1: think it goes through Tommy Lee Jones, and he's like, dude, I just don't care. I just want to retire. I think that's honestly, and I think that he's the, probably the best character in the entire movie because it was so realistic. Like, the simple conversation he has with, uh, uh, what's the deputy's name? Wendell? W- Wendell. Wendell, um, when they're out and they get on the horses, and he's like, oh, you can ride. Winston or whatever the heck this name's horse is, and it's his wife's horse. He's like, well, yeah, I don't want anything to happen to the horse, and if if I'm riding it, it's gonna be on me. If it's if you're riding, it, it's on you. And I think that's realistic because it's kind of funny. And some of the smaller points, like they, they had a conversation uh, with Josh Brolin and the girl with the beer at the pool. but like small conversations like that were nice to have, but they could have been totally cut out. And it's it just elongated an already long movie, in my opinion. But. I think we've trashed on it for a little while here. Why do you guys think it's a good movie, Aaron and Steve? I mean...
2: Well, the, these are the types of movies that I like, where it is driven by the dialogue, the interaction between two characters. I say that all the time. That's what I like about this movie. And a, a scene that... I guess you guys are saying that this movie dragged quite a bit, but this is... It, I, the, the things that you're saying are wrong. I do understand. You're saying that they're not... This is a small town trailer park town in Texas that's not equipped for something like this. What do you think they're going to do?
3: Just dial 911 and get the SWAT down there? That's absurd. I entirely agree that like that's what Woody Harrelson's character should have done. Uh, so go back to a movie. Yeah,
0: but you can also see throughout the movie that Woody Harrelson's character is what movies would call a dirty cop. Yeah. Cause he's, yes. he doesn't care if anybody lives or dies. He just wants the money for himself. You kind of see that throughout the movie. So why would he call anybody if he doesn't care who lives or dies? He just wants the money to himself. I think one of the scenes I like with, uh, Josh Brolin is, uh, when he's sitting in bed, um, after he meets the guy from the drug cartel, at saying Agua's. he wants water. You could see it on his face that he's, he's thinking about this guy trying to think, Oh man, I should have brought him water earlier. So he, he's, It's eating him away that he didn't bring this guy water. And then he finally goes and gets him water. It kind of leads to the whole misfortune of the cartel chasing after him.
1: Yeah. Um, Exactly. Because that's where they get the plate number and everything like that. So if he wouldn't have gone back. But what I was going to say is, in a little movie called Mud, they are in rural Louisiana. And they have stops everywhere. trying to find this fugitive mud, right? It's in rural Louisiana. It's not that much different of a landscape. It's probably
3: harder to hide in Louisiana than it is in Texas. Right, and this whole movie doesn't take place in backwater Texas either. They go to Dallas and they go to all these other, like, larger cities, and there would absolutely, with that shootout at the the motel where he kills the, like, three or four uh, cartel guys— there would be a huge investigation, but it's just Tommy Lee Jones who shows up, and he's like, yep, nothing to see here. I guess I'm going to go home. Yeah. Uh,
1: another thing I wanted to point out was I didn't understand the scene where after Josh Brolin is killed, so spoiler alert. Uh, it's not really a spoiler at all, really. You see it coming. Um, Honestly, all these reviews are going to have spoilers. Yeah, I know, but still. Uh, but Tommy Lee Jones goes back to that same hotel room, and then you see Javier Bardem's character like in the corner with a shotgun and then Tommy
0: Lee Jones walks into it. I don't think he's in the same room. Is I think, he not in the same room? I think I think there, there's two uh, rooms right next to each other. I think he was in the one next to the one where the shootout happened. So if he would have came and looked in that one, that's when something would have happened. But I, I believe Tommy Lee Jones was in a totally separate uh, hotel See, room. And that's what I
1: was thinking, but it was just the way it was shot and edited back yeah, to back. It was kind of, Hard to understand
0: I understand what you mean Because it He's walking up to this motel Or whatever And you see him Sitting in the corner In the dark With the shotgun in his hand And then Two seconds later Lee Jones Is walking into the room Yeah So it kind of makes you see Makes it look like He is uh, In the same room But I don't think He's in the same room And I've
1: seen Some movies like that Where you know They'll do that And then have like the A piano like Going nuts Because like Oh he's about to walk Into the room And and then you like realize he walks in the room and he's not in that same room it just it didn't work because of uh, I think the lack of music in here and it just it wasn't edited very well if you ask me you know Um, but yeah I mean anything you guys want to add I mean
3: I don't know overall this was a cool movie to look at but it, I didn't feel like it was a cool movie to watch and I like character driven movies. I like dialogue. I like all that stuff. It's just, I think this movie the acting it, like you've got a lot of big names in here. Yeah. And I think it could have the, like the acting from everybody involved could have been better.
2: Well, I'm, I
3: I completely disagree with that.
1: Yeah, I I think uh, Javier Bardem did a really good job.
0: Back in back when this movie first came out, Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin were Not very big names. Um, I believe this is one of Javier Bardem's first movies. I mean, because they called him out of the blue and asked him if he would like to play this character. So I don't think they're very big names at all when this first came out.
3: Yeah, and that's fine. Like, I don't have anything against that. But I mean, like, you've got huge names like Tommy Lee Jones and Woody Harrelson. And they're both they're used as the selling points for the movie. And they're both in the movie like for a total of half an I think, hour.
0: I think this is kind of going back to... I listened to the Chef podcast the other day where they have Robert Downey Jr. and all these other characters. I think these are uh, bigger characters to trying to get people to come see the movie. And then it's... Mostly this movie is about Javier Bardem's character, Anton, and his nuances... And seeing Josh Brolin try to get the money for himself, it's not really, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones is in it, but I don't think Woody Harrelson's
3: character really plays a big, big deal in it. And I feel like, and I get what you're saying, and that's that's fine that they do that, because like, like you're saying, Chef did it too, and a lot of other movies do that too, but I feel like they should have had a bigger, like those characters should have had a bigger part in the movie, yeah. and they didn't.
1: Uh, another thing I want to address, what is with the weird, like, pneumatic press that Javier Bardem is carrying The, the, the cattle puncher? Thing?
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's,
1: well... It's just weird. And then he doesn't even, like, if he uses it to get into the buildings,
0: fine, I understand it. It's silent, it's quiet, whatever. He doesn't even take it inside, though. People, just, people don't expect it. I think yeah. that's one of the huge things why he uses it, because he could, like... He uh, gets away from the first cop, and he's driving away, and then he pulls over the uh, the mm-hmm. guy in the car, and he comes up to him and goes, stand still. And he puts it right up to his forehead, pushes the button, the guy's dead. I think that's one of the huge well, reasons why
2: he uses it. I don't remember if they even addressed it in the movie, but as far as like leaving forensic evidence behind, there's no...
3: Nothing. There's no way to trace back to a cattle puncher. <laughs> so. I don't think they did mention that in the movie well, because they, the police didn't care.
0: Yeah, they, they, they kind of combed and over th- that in I the I think movie, the cattle cause... puncher could also be some... I mean, you see it throughout the movie that he doesn't like getting blood on yeah. his self. So I think that could be one
3: of the huge reasons why he uses the cattle puncher. It just goes in and out. doesn't get anything on him. But that's the only person he ever kills with it. The rest of the time he's carrying on that... Big shot with a goofy-looking silencer, which I was gonna say I maybe that's real. Uh, fun fact, though, according to the
1: little sheet we have here, it's not real. It's not real, and they like no,
2: it is real. It wasn't something that existed. They created it. It works. It's real. They created it for the movie.
1: Oh, so it does work, and yes, yeah, they work. just it mi- a real they made it for the movie. Okay.
2: it didn't exist before. They wanted it in the movie, so they created it.
1: And I'm. St- Still not sure how quiet a silencer would be on a shotgun. I mean, that's just well. My no,
2: have you ever heard a firearm with a the silencer? They don't sound like they do in the movies. Well, no,
1: no, no. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like
2: even a normal pistol with a silencer doesn't sound like a movie silencer. No,
1: that's what I'm saying. They're, they're a lot louder.
2: Yeah. 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 Well. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like a yeah. shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Uh. You know. So. Overall, I think it was a good movie. Do you guys have any anything else to add? I mean, it was okay.
3: I mean, uh, go ahead, Steve. Yeah.
0: I, I I actually like this movie. I like it a lot. Um, but Why? Just why? I've been trying to say some of the things. You yeah. guys, it doesn't matter what I say. You guys are just going to toss it around under the bus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's kind of like us with- My, Mac- how the tables hold. have turned. That's kind of like McNeil. Everything, you had an excuse for everything for Star Wars last week. But I will say the one problem I had with this movie was the character Carla Jean. I just think, which is uh, Llewellyn's wife, girlfriend, yeah. whatever. I just think every time she's in the movie, she's, she has this high-pitched voice. She's Too much dialogue.
3: <laughs> it's not even that.
0: It's just her, her character in general, the, her voice, it's just awful. Yeah. She, she was kind
1: of annoying, naggy. Yeah. I mean, it, and I, that could, might have been how the character was made. I get that, but I don't know. I just think it could have been done better. Personally.
3: Damn. I don't know. I had a few problems with this movie. It, mainly the the lack of music was a so I, I nine didn't, nine I didn't point like five?
1: It. Get out of here. Get out of here. I, I didn't li- I didn't
3: like the lack of music in this movie. I didn't like the fact that we have a half hour, forty five minutes of no main character. I didn't like how they kind J- of
0: Javier Bardem the, is the main character. He's mm. not really. Yes, he he's is. He's not
3: the movie it is. the movie follows Josh Josh Brolin. Brolin. The movie's about Josh Brolin and then they kill Josh Brolin off. And who's the movie about at that point? Like, who are you? Fo- you're not following anybody. And then the movie ends. It kind of Sopranos is us. Cause you got like, I've never seen the Sopranos. Well, the, the series ends like they cut to black in mid sentence. And this movie almost does that because you have Tommy Lee Jones talking about a dream he had. And then the movie just ends, which I also thought was weird. I literally had to
1: rewatch that scene. Cause I thought it was another metaphor that I just did not understand. And I was like, I, th- I
2: don't. Th- I think what it is is, is a piece. Th- this is not that we don't have a main character that's missing. This isn't about the characters. It's about the situation with all of these characters, mm-hmm. not just the our main character, as you say, with uh, Josh Brolin. It's the situation that he's get gotten into, how he's trying to get out or not trying to get out of it. He knows right when he takes the money, he knows what's ha- going to happen. He knows. Later in the movie, it's fairly obvious to him he's going to die. He knows because of who's after him. He knows his wife's going to die. Tommy Lee Jones is a, a sheriff that doesn't ha- care. He has never seen anything to this magnitude, but he's he, he's a person that's just lived through too much violence. Obviously, as a sheriff, he's seen his fair share of violence. He is, in my opinion, he's just given up he accepts the fact that the world is bleak and that evil this isn't a fairy tale the good guys don't win I so. think I think that's
0: kind of with Tommy Lee Jones character, I think that's kind of what he's saying at the end when he's talking about the dreams he had about his dad is some of the things that his dad seen he didn't see anything nearly as bad yeah. as what his dad did okay. so I think that's kind of bringing it around and that finishing his character off
1: I don't know I just thought the, the ending was just a little weird like it, there wasn't like a wrap up it just well felt, yeah um, and that yeah you know what that I
2: mean Yeah, it is it did end it was open ended it was awkward yeah because it leaves you without any closure at all yeah and I understand that but the movie as a whole if you look at it and you listen to the it's a movie about human nature and the evil in human the good the supposed good guys the main guy that we're following is not a good guy yeah, he's a thief well, yeah. Stole some money, didn't call the cops. Well, and he knows for sure. It, he, he sees the money as a way out of this existence with a wife he apparently doesn't care for, a life he doesn't want to live. What? He knows. Well, he
3: want... absolutely cares about her.
2: Okay, but he knows that by doing this, he's endangering her. He even, he does it but willingly. But he wants a better life for them because that's
1: why he wants the money and sends her away without it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it makes sense in the movie why he does that, but I don't know. I'm Raider Raider. You guys? Yep. Let's do it. Okay. Um, for the facts that we just said, uh, six point seven five. I mean, I want to give it a higher score because it's such a it's a beautiful movie, uh, and I think the story is good. I just don't think it was executed to its full potential. So six point seven five for me.
0: I actually enjoyed this movie. I think the dialogue is well written there's some very good scenes done by the coen brothers i will give it an eight
3: it was an okay movie i didn't hate it i didn't overly like it it like i said before it's a cool <laughs> movie to look at uh, perfect example my favorite scene in the movie is a two second scene when they're in the right before the shootout in the hotel and he's sitting on the bed and the lights are off and all you can see is a silhouette pointing the gun at the door mm-hmm. favorite scene in the whole movie and it only it's only on screen for two seconds if the whole movie – well, the whole movie was shot like that, but th- outside of the cinematography, this movie is kind of meh. I'm giving it a 6.5. Okay.
1: You know, and I don't disagree with, like, an 8.0. It's just not – I don't know. Well,
2: yeah, and I will say this is probably one of the weaker Coen Brothers movies. This seems like their most, I don't know, pretentious movie to where it's almost like an Oscar bait movie. Okay. And it's, so, I
1: feel like it could have been. I mean – Well I mean
2: it won Oscars It It did did. It did win Oscars But it just felt like they Because the Coen Brothers Are nominated They win every year But this seemed The least worthy I do absolutely think This is their best looking movie The way Like he said That one scene Where he's sitting on the bed With the shotgun The scene where That you were talking about Where the sheriff Goes into the hotel room And it's just a silhouette With the car lights behind him And the lights Through the doorway Was awesome I give this a 7.5. Uh, like I said, this is probably my l- one of the weaker Coen Brothers movies, but I do really, really like this movie. Okay. It was better than Drive. Would you guys watch it again? I mean, I know you guys
3: have. Maybe. Not for a long time. If I wanted mm-hmm. to go back and revisit it, like, years later, I might, but...
0: I
1: think that's fair for me,
3: too. But, yeah.
0: I actually saw this in theaters when it first came out, mm-hmm. I believe... Aaron and, love. Aaron and a bunch of us went. I would... Probably not within... A little while. A little while, but I'd still watch it again. Okay. Uh,
1: is it worth our uh, listeners to have them watch it? I'd say skip it, personally.
0: I'd, I mean, I'd say watch it just for the... See the villain. Yeah,
3: okay. Anton Chigurh that is in this movie. If you
1: want a beautiful movie and a good villain, this is a good movie to watch, but...
3: I wouldn't call him a good villain, but that's we're done. Yeah, we're, we're done we're with past that, that. I mean, if if you're a fan of cinematography and you like cool lighting effects, definitely watch this movie. If you like to be entertained and want a lot of action, this is not the movie for you.
1: Okay. Yeah, so that overall our score is 7.18, which is pretty far from Rotten Tomatoes, which is 93% from critics and 86% liked from the audience. So, not too far off, but a little bit.
2: I do want to point out, because this came yes. up last week, the yeah. way Rotten Tomatoes works, a 93% does not mean a, like a 93 out of 100 is what they rated this movie. It means 93% of critics who rated the movie thought it was, I believe it's 6 or better, 66 out of 10 or yeah. better. So it, they could they be right it was along the lines with movie. us. So yeah. it, they thought it was above average. 93% of them thought it was better than... Which it is. Yeah, so, which, it is. which we would agree with, yeah, but... Mm-hmm. All right. That doesn't mean they're saying it's a nine point three. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so uh, next week we have a review, or a review, a movie coming to us. God, this I'm so bad at closing shows sometimes. It's
3: hotly awaited? It's
1: hotly <laughs> awaited. Um, but the movie next week, Shirley, do you want to lead us into it because this is your pick, correct?
3: Yes, kind of. We had a request via Facebook by a Margaret, my fellow coworker. She requested we do Shawshank Redemption, which yeah. I'm pretty sure no one can really argue with, except maybe Aaron.
2: No, I do like that movie. I just think it's... Some people say it's the greatest movie ever, which it's far from it. I do like the movie. It's actually a weird tie-in. It's the same cinematographer from... Oh, really? So we're going to see another Another beautiful Beautiful man. So it's a very good-looking movie, and this one is more...
3: I'm finding uh, a lot of tie-ins with all these reviews. Well, well I, I mean,
2: Seven Degrees of
1: Kevin Bacon. Right. <laughs> you, you can find a tie-in in some way. There you go. Um, but Shawshank, uh, it's got, it came out in 1994, so it's over 20 years old now, which is kind of absurd to think about. I uh, got a 9.3 on IMDb. And Mike, how old
2: were you when that movie came out? One. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the synopsis is two imprisoned men. Bond over a number of years, finding solace and eventual redemption through acts of common decency. It's directed by Frank Darabont and stars Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman, and Bob Gunton. Is he a big name? I'll be honest, I
2: don't know. I don't know either. Okay, all right. So I,
0: I think this is one of the top five movies on IMDb. No, it's, it's number
2: it's, one. It's number one, which is absurd.
3: Well, well, we'll we'll see next week, won't we? Uh, I'll tell you right now, it's not better than Godfather. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Godfather is the greatest movie ever made. No, tell right. that to IMDb. <laughs> All
2: right. So
1: that's that's the show for you guys. Um, be sure to join us on, sure what, Thursday? Yeah, Thursday's our next show. Be sure to join us, listen. We'd love to have you guys uh, listen or listen on iTunes. Yeah. Um, subscribe on iTunes, please. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NothingReal. Email us at LethargicMedia at gmail.com, please. We would love to have more people come to us with movie... Submissions, I guess, would be the word Recom- uh, recommendations. Yeah, um, and as well as like us on Facebook. We just hit a hundred likes. Uh, we're trying to get to two hundred now, so it's it's on to the next one. So thanks for listening, everybody. This is it. Um, join us for our show of Drive on Thursday. Aaron, you want to lead us out? Tell
2: your friends.
0: Hey guys! Oh, big golf, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Good day, sir. Sir, I said good day. Yeah. See ya. Hasta la vista, baby. This has been the Nothing But Real Reviews and More podcast. A special thanks to Jordan Binder.
3: Lingerer, man. Yeah, totally. Linger. Hardcore.